Copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Oakland Police find all cars, attention all cars, wanted for murder. The man described as follows. Medium bill, has black hair, drive your car approximately 10,000 miles during 1937. Police cars of Los Angeles will each travel 80,000 miles during 1937. Any kind of gasoline will get you over 10,000 miles if you buy enough of it, but any kind of gasoline will not give you the remarkable performance police cars get. Rio Grande Crap is the gasoline of police car performance. Los Angeles police cars have used it exclusively year after year. This is likewise true of Oakland, Berkeley, Fresno, Santa Barbara, San Diego, Orange County, San Diego County, Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many other cities and counties. Yes, more police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment use Rio Grande Black gasoline wherever it is sold than any other ground. This is because it is cracked into tiny atoms by the famous patented Sinclair cracking process. These broken up atoms burn more readily and more completely. You get quicker starting and greater power just as police cars do. And you need less Rio Grande Crack gasoline to travel 10,000 miles. Don't be satisfied during 1937 with slow burning, sluggish Japanese. Make it a year of flashing police car performance. Start tomorrow using Rio Grande Crack gasoline. Ask your nearest independent Rio Grande dealer. Our pleasure at this time to present once again Chief Cody Walman of the Oakland Police Department, who will speak to you from our studios at KSFO in San Francisco. Chief Walman. Good evening. Tonight, calling all cars. Brings you another story from the files of the Oakland Police Department. A story of one more individual who thought that he could commit a crime and get away with it. That he was wrong, you will hear for yourself a little later. Right now, I would like to point out how vitally important it is to you, as citizens, to cooperate with your police force in every way. A great many people have the idea that a policeman. If just a man with a badge who stands on the corner lying in wait to give you a ticket for party. A man who has nothing better to do than to direct you to the curb when you violate some traffic law and give you a citation to appear in court. And you don't like it. You feel angry about it. But if you stop and reflect, didn't you feel just the same way about your instructor in school? Yet now that you're out of school, you realize your lessons were very valuable after all. The point that I'm trying to bring out tonight is the policeman is a person who dedicates his life to advise and protect you. 
When he stops questions or arrests you, it's because you're doing something that may endanger your own life or property or that of someone else's life, limb, or property. He is performing his sworn duty as a peace officer. So when you think of the police, think of them not as your enemies, but as your friends. In closing, may I say, good night, and a happy and prosperous new year to all. September 1934. Patrolman O'Brien of the Oakland Police Department, detailed to the city park, walked a leisurely beat along the edge of a small pool filled with water lilies. To his way of thinking, this is the perfect day. Warm, clear, nothing to worry about, more than keeping people off the ground. But as he rounds the turn in the winding park pathways, he gives a strange discordant note. The sound of a child sobbing. With curiosity aroused, Patrolman O'Brien decides to investigate. Here, here, here now. What's all this crying about, young fella? Oh, now, now, hold on a minute. This is no way for a big lad like you to be carrying on. Where's your mother? You don't know. Then then you must be lost, is that it? Oh, well, well, now, now, come on now. You'll never find him this way. Now, now, I'll tell you what. You, you'll be after stopping that car in there, and, and, and I'll take you to look for your daddy. You'll we'll probably be around here somewhere. Well, nevertheless, I, I think we can find him all right. That is, if, if you stop that car, you help me. Look, right. Hey, hey, who here is that anyway to ask? You say all right, and then you listen to you. Okay, now wait a minute here. You say this. What is that about? Well, for the love of a note. Been down here with the kids, she said. No, no, no. Hold it still here until I get this off and see what it says. My God, they put that. Oh, he did, eh? Oh. Ronald Tanner, 2336-12-0-0. Is that the name? Ronald? Oh. Well, your daddy came to tell me the way to do Well, I, I, I'll tell you what I, I'd better do, Ronald. I, I think we'll uh, take a walk over here to the patrol box and, and phone the sergeant about this. Maybe he can help find your daddy. Oh, sir. Oh, All right, good enough. Uh, and, and, and if the sergeant says so, maybe you'll get a ride in the police car. Now, who'd you like that? Yeah. All right, then. Dry your eyes and let's get going. And as a result of the phone call, little Ronald does get a ride in a police car. Driving him to the address found on him, the radio car officers find him nowhere home and decide to leave him in the yard, where his parents will find him upon the return home. Then, after reporting into the station, they resume their patrol. Late the same afternoon, George Soderberg. A reporter on the Oakland Tribune, his photographer companion Edward Rogers, hearing of the lost child incident, decided to go out and tell the road address and got a human interest on. But 
When they arrived there, they were met with a strange scene. Three small children huddled on the front porch. A girl of 11, a boy of about six, and little Ronald, the reason for their being there. Looks like a reception committee, Ed. Yeah, maybe the other two heard we were going to shoot pictures and hurried over. Always a sinner, thank you, son. Why not? Maybe you got something right there. Come on, let's see what the huddle's about. Okay. Where are you from? I don't know. Is this little Ronald? Yes. How did you know his name? Well, I'll tell you what. If I tell you how I knew not Ronald's name, can we get a picture of him? What for? For the papers. Oh. Well, could you tell me where Mommy and your Daddy are? No, I'm afraid not. You see, that's what we came out here for. To see them and to get a story about Ronald having been lost in the park. Lost in the park? When? Today. We, uh, we found there with a note pinned on him with his name and address on it. That's how we came to know about him. Uh, but where's Mrs. then? Or Daddy? This is beginning to sound like a Chinese puzzle, George. You tell her. Look, little girl, who are you? Francis Thomas. Ronald's my little brother. And this little man is your brother, too? Mm-hmm. That's Daddy. Now, maybe you'd better tell us where you came from uh, this afternoon. It's a movie. Daddy came to school, and he gave me 50 cents and told me to take Bobby to his store. He said he didn't want us to come home for lunch either to get it at school. So you went to a movie, and then what happened? Well, we came home and, and found Ronald here in the yard all along. He was crying. Well, what was he crying about? Oh, and talk. What did you expect to find on it? I found a note on the door, but it didn't say where Mommy was. Have you got it? Yes, sir. It's still on the door, there. Now, wait a minute, shall I can do it first. Gone for the day. It's a great help. Gone for the day. Something we didn't know. Look, Ed, I think you'd better see if we can get into the house and take a look around. It's getting too cold out there for these kids anyway. All right, with me, it's too cold for even a photographer. Could you help us get in? Mm-hmm. We'll do our best, young lady. You just try to keep Ronald under control, and Mr. Rogers and I will show you the tips of help breaking. Right, a dead correct. Now, the first thing to do is try the door. See if it's locked, you know. It's okay, it is. Right. Now, if I were a fireman, I might be tempted to use an axe on the door, but not being a fireman, I won't. Look, George, uh, what would you think about skipping the narrative and just sort of getting in the house, huh? Oh, you don't like my little lecture. No, I don't. All right, I'm not so fond of it myself. Come on, let's look around by the back door. The flat, then I think you might be justified in removing it from the chamber. Yeah, sure, anything you say. Only will you stop sounding like a reporter trying to write a novel and get underway, I'm beginning to turn to ice. Accordingly, the two men, accompanied by three small figures, make a complete journey around the house, flying windows, doors, anything that might afford a means of entrance. And finally, as a last resort, they decide to unhinge the back door. That's done it. Put it down over here. Now, let's see what we can do about moving the place warm. I don't know where the lights turn on, mister. Good. Suppose you need to go in and turn them on. Sure. Where is that thing? I've got a funny idea. These kids are on the raw end of a family walk on That's because you're a reporter. Probably find they took a drive and had a flat tire or something. Matter of fact, we'll probably get shot as burglars. Here they are. You can come in now. Okay. Thanks. Come on, Ed. Hey, what in the name of all of them did I sleep? Yeah, is this the way your house always looks? Oh, no, sir. I never saw everything all upset like this. 
My mommy kept it neat always. Well, look, you better stay back here with your brothers while we take a look. Take a look at the Oh. Uh, I'll tell you later. Can you do that for me now? Oh, uh, all right. Come on. Hmm. Exactly. And uh, look at the furniture. All shoved around. It's like an earthquake of stuff. Only unless I miss my guess considerably, it wasn't an earthquake. It did this. So what are you driving at, George? I've got a funny feeling there's been a sweet battle of some sort in here. I've had that feeling ever since he stepped in the house. Something scary in Denmark. Oh, we had a call of police? Yeah. We'd better do that first thing and then take a good look around. Listen, Ed, we've got to keep those kids out of here. I may be all wet, but in just in case I'm not. Yeah, I know what you mean. Let's call the station. <laughs> Rogers contact Chief Wellman of the Oakland Police. Tells him of their discovery. And a short time later, Police Inspector Evans and Summers arrive at the Delta Road address. Are met by Carterberg and Rogers, who, while waiting, have uncovered some interesting things. When we called the inspector, it was only on a hunch because of the census condition, though. But since then, I've looked around, and now I'm sure something's wrong. Well, in the first place, there were about three... In the first place, there were about three... In the first place, there were about three cases here on the floor where someone tried to remove some kind of stains with a wet cloth. See? No, but they saw a job of cleaning. That's what I thought. Probably whoever did it was in a hurry. Yeah. Now, here's the baby that made me sure of everything. Steam pipe. Just about right for the blood test. And if you look closely, I think you can see some dried blood on the end there. Sure looks like it all right. Now, if you're satisfied that someone's been hurt around here, I'll tell you why. I think it's a murder. Murder? Yeah, a murder. Come here. Over here by the bed. You see what's behind it? Sure. Small closet. Unless my education's been kept and neglected, closets are usually nailed shut, and this one is. The two nice new shiny nails. Hey, did you push this bed up against the door or was it that way? It was just like it is now. Shoved up tight against the closet. Well, looks like the thing to do now is to look inside and see what's there. Right. I got a claw hammer. Pick it up so to have it ready when you arrive. Right. Good. Yeah. Let's have it. Here you are. Well, we better push that bed out of the way so we can get at it. Yeah. All right, we'll look over here. That's all right. Yeah. I can get at these nails now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a woman. You mean it was a woman. It hasn't been very long since she was killed either. Summit, you better get to the phone. Get an ambulance out. And tell Chief Wellman about it, right? Come on, Sutterberg. You show me where those kids are. I want to talk to them. Talk with the planner girl, interrupted at intervals by Ronald's repeated message about his daddy going away. Evans and Soderberg feel certain that the person responsible for the vicious flaying can be no other than the children's father, Lewis Tanner. Armed with this theory, Evans. As far as I can see, Chief, everything fits perfectly. The kid Ronald being left in the park by his father, the other two kids being told not to come home and given 50 cents. Everything points to this Tanner is the one we want. Yeah, sounds right to go Now, even the time element works out right. If Tanner did it, he wouldn't want his kid around, so, so he makes certain that they stay at school for lunch and go to a movie after school in the afternoon. And Ronald, that's the youngest one, Ronald, he leaves out in the yard while he does the job inside. No, Ronald beats it. All right, boys, we've done a good job of reconstruction. All we've got to do is to find Tanner. You got any ideas along that line? Not yet, Chief. And the first thing you'd better do is to check the files and see if he has a past record. 
Meanwhile, I'm going to have Inspector Goodnight check with every preacher over the same thing. If we don't get anything that day, we'll have to start from scratch, and that means plenty of work. Just within 12 hours of the crime, every available bit of police machinery is set into motion. Every police identification bureau in the United States notified and set for the record. And in less than 36 hours, Chief Wallman begins to get results. Police, Gary Bulletin Number 25543, Louis Connor, Red November 1912, is stolen. Find five pounds or seven days. This is the only record we have. New Zealand Police. Open Police, find record files on one little channel as follows. December 1912, the record here is stolen. Found ten pounds or four weeks of hard labor. Look for it. The only record we have is it under that name. Newcastle Police. I found a record on Tanner, Chief Woman. Pretty well since it's out here, too. Good, and what is it? On August 8th of this year, he tried to attack his wife with a butcher knife, and she had him thrown in jail here. Then she changed her mind. Got him out on bail, and he forfeited it. That was only last month. Well, so he gets him out on bail, and he turns around and murders her. My business. He's got a good description of him on the booking slip. Plant it. Him? Yes, sir? It channels descriptions from the files and has circulars printed and sent out to every possible point. Yes, sir. Also, you'd better teletype the description to every police station and ask the heads to issue it to every one of their men in order to arrest and hold for us if located. of the wanted man and the thin leaves to his habit, Chief Wallerman issues his five orders to his assistant. Keeps the manhunt running smoothly, efficiently. Out to every police substation, to every sheriff's office in the country, goes a circular reading wanted for murder, Lewis Banner, 51 years of age, medium build, black hair, blue eyes, weighed approximately 150. They found the rest, hold and notify open police immediately. Up the open harbor front, Inspectors Evans and Summers with a squad of six men mingled with a crowd of sailors, laborers, stevedores. Even a less watch for the time of their father, wife killer, Lewis Tanner. There is much chance to spot him in this club and have him walk in and see himself up. Yeah, especially when he knows what you're looking for him right now. He's probably disguised himself in some way. Well, doesn't do any harm to look around. Might get lucky all of a sudden. Yeah, it just to be different, eh? Something like that. What do they do with the kids? Took them over to the juvenile hall. I guess that's where they have to stay for a while. They're all too young to take care of themselves. Yeah. Not that funny. Well, they're ready. Now they're putting away for doing it. That is provided. Yeah. Each day I went in with the people. People don't think about those things when they get the idea to murder someone. Yeah, maybe they don't then. But if they think about it, plenty later on. Well, we won't do any good to anybody who's talking about it now. These people get to talk about everything up there. That's about the only thing anybody can do for them. Yeah, I guess it's a pretty tough break to start off with just a thing. So listen, I've got a hunch of wasting our time here. Let's leave the boys to come to the harbor, and you and I take a run up to that WCA This little girl told us her father would. Oh, well, listen, you don't think you'd do nothing to go back there, do you? No. Only I'd like to see what the foreman of the place knows about it. Come on, let's get out of here. Yes, 
Who was looking for me? You're the foreman of this camp, you are. Well, you've come to the right person, all right. My name's Harvey. Inspector Evans, real conclusion, Mr. Harvey. This is Inspector Summers. What's the matter? Something wrong? Priests don't usually pay calls on this camp. So we're just checking up on the man who works for you, Lewis Tanner. You know him? Tanner? Sure, sure. I know him, all right. And he isn't around here today, is he? No. Matter of fact, he didn't show up at all this morning. Funny, too, on the camp of he's... Most of the time out here on the job, he must be sick or something. Oh, now, that's too bad. He sort of hoped to have a little chat with him. But of course, if he's sick, well, I guess we'll have to make it another time. He, he wasn't looking for him for any particular reason, was he? No, just wanted to talk to him. But if he shows up, you might give us a call at the police station. Just say that Ken is back to work, and he'll get the message. Sure, 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 thing. I imagine he'll be back tomorrow or so. Oh, fine. And incidentally, uh, you don't have to mention the fact that we were here. Mm. That is, in case he does come back. Yeah. We want to surprise him. That right, Thomas? Huh? Oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. Surprise him. Well, then, I'll let you know when he comes back. That's fine. Come on, yeah. Thomas. Let's get back to town. Well, so long. Come back sometime when I can the thing. Hey, what's the idea of playing James with that old bird, Evans? Telling him that we didn't want Tanner for any particular reason. Just an idea. Thought maybe if we kept him in the dark, he might possibly know where Tanner was and let us know. Oh, we can never tell when people are going to do funny things. However, don't think anything will come of this trip. Come on, let's jump off. Okay, what's stopping us? <laughs> Goes hour after hour, place after place, and no sign is found of the missing killer. The sets are picked up by alert police in every city, question turn loose again when they have proved their identity. Hours stretch on into the beginning of the second day. Each tiny lead is run down before being discarded. And as the second day gives way tonight, Lewis Tanner is still at large. All that night in the following week, outbound ships are from stem to stern for stowaways, answering the description of the hundred men. And although many ships divulge a human cargo for inspection, Hannah is not among any of them. It is nearly two years later. In Oakland, the once indignant citizens have forgotten the people Hannah's playing. Newspapers have long since switched the focus of their attention to other things, to the news of the day. Only the Oakland police force still remember the crime and continue their efforts towards finding their man. Efforts have begun to clean people as the months drive by. And in Seattle, Washington, Betty Swanson, 13-year-old sister youth, and a young companion, does weary along a windswept street. Coats, wet and tired, and the bite of a bit of cold February night. Her thoughts run into the far-off summer, more quickly. As they round the corner near Eddie's home, they pass one of the many struggling lines of human gallery, waiting for a free handout from the red line. In the glare from overhead street lamps, haggard faces reflect their own thoughts. I stare ahead at nothing. Fascinated by the sight, Eddie stands his face and turns. His 13 year old imagination painting multi colored pictures in his mind. Suddenly he stops. Gazes for an instant of a face that seems vaguely familiar. Eyes to place him. Waiting to do so, he resumes his walking and a few blocks later reaches his own home. As he starts from the door, his memory suddenly flashes a message. Galvanizes his body into instant action. Don't you, 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 you
Carolina was returned to Oakland, where he signed a full confession of a brutal crime. On April 22, 1936, he was convicted of murder by a jury of seven men and women. Two weeks later, Judge Frank M. Ogden of Alameda County sentenced him to the death penalty. An appeal to the California Supreme Court was denied in October, sealing the death warrant for Lewis Tanner murdering. And Eddie Swanson, the 13-year-old boy responsible for the arrest, was awarded the sum of $100 for his alertness. So ends the case of Oakland, famous murder. No matter what the age or make of your motor car, it deserves a fitting lubrication. Resolve to give it the finest you can buy during 1937. Resolve to use only Sinclair motor oil conclusive. Go to your nearest independent Rio Grande dealer and ask for Sinclair, Pennsylvania, or Sinclair Opaline. Two of the most completely de-waxed, de-jellied motor oils you can buy. And if you haven't tried Rio Grande Cracked Japanese, you have a pleasant surprise in store for you. This quicker shopping, faster accelerating, greater mileage gasoline will give you a new conception of performance, police car performance. That flashing type of performance for police cars, fire engines, and ambulances of Los Angeles, Oakland, and many, many other cities and counties getting their emergency equipment. Important changes in calling all cars radio schedules are explained in calling all cars easily. Get a free copy tomorrow from your independent Leo Grande dealer. Thank you.